got two little elephants. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. What's your name? Gabe. Gabe. Matthew. Matthew. Everybody say hi to Gabe and Matthew. Hi, Gabe. Everybody say hi to Timmy. Hey, yeah, how about it? All right, so uh, this is what we're going to do. Um, this past week, uh, let me get this out. They're working it. Um, this past week, I came across a story about how people train elephants. And what they do when, when they're babies is they put chains around the ankles, like, so they'll put chains around the ankles of little elephants, right? So I got a chain here, and, and we're going to put a chain around the baby elephant. Here we go. So just like this. Is that okay if I do a chain? It won't hurt you. Is that all right? And we'll, we'll just chain you both up together. There we go. So then guess what happens? You put this chain around the elephant when they're a baby, and they learn that they can't move or they can't escape when something like a chain is around their ankle, if elephants have ankles. I don't think they actually, pachyderms don't have ankles, right? Uh, but they have leg, wear, foot thing, right? So they put, they put the chain, a manacle, right down there by, by their foot, right? And the elephant, the baby elephant, tries to get away, tries to get away, and pretty soon understands, oh, I can't get away. So why ever try? And then what happens is when they become big grown-up elephants, like Timmy. Timmy, you're such a big elephant. Um, what they do, this is so crazy. They get a rope, because they don't want to haul around chains, right? Because that's just, that's impractical. You can't have a chain every time you want to just pin up or tie up an elephant. So what they do is they actually just get a small rope. And they go up to the elephant, and they just simply put the manacle on, right? And then they just tie a rope around the elephant. And the elephant, as a grown elephant, will never break the rope. Isn't that interesting? So you could break that. I mean, you're Timmy. <laughs> Timmy. Sorry, man. I hope you live this down. I am so sorry. Do not call him Timmy the elephant, all right? All right. So Tim, Timmy, the, you know, elephant, Tim, right, he, he, could, he could snap this thing real quickly, but he'll never try because he knows that if he tries, he'll never get free. Isn't that interesting? All right, so let's, let's give it up for our elephants here. Give me five right here, right here. All right, so you guys can be free. There we go. All right, Tim, you want to break it or you want me to cut it? You can cut it. You, you can trust. Try it, man. Should I try? Yeah. Well, it's up to you. It's up to you, man. You're scared. Yeah. Want me to cut it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Timmy. So there's there's one thing about that picture that's true for us, and there's one thing about that picture that's false for us. What's false about this is that the elephant, if he really thought about it and understood it, the grown elephant could actually break the rope and get free. So if the cords in this story represent the spiritual truth of our chains, we've just sung two songs, powerful songs about how Jesus breaks chains, right? 
breaks chains and breaks cords and strings and ropes. Well, we can't break chains. And the chains that Jesus, that we sing these songs about, is the chains of sin, the chains of bondage to bad things, or pain, or bitterness, or whatever. We can't break that hold on us. We'll, we'll never be strong enough to do that. Even if it's a small string, we can't break it, because it's a spiritual chain. We can't do that. So that's what's wrong with that connection. We all have chains, though. That's what, two things that are true. One, we all have chains. We all have ties to evil or to things in our past that we can't break free of. The other thing that is true is that we're fed a lie that we can't ever get free. We're we're fed this lie constantly. You'll never get free from that. You can never get away from that. You're going to be stuck to that, chained to that your whole life. Now that's a lie. But that's one of the truths and connections that elephants and us can have. And Jesus, one of the first things he says, and and we often quote this, this passage in Luke. Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So Jesus, we just sang these these incredible songs of hallelujah to the one who set me free. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name. Jesus Christ, living Lord. We're just saying that song. And we're talking to our Lord who's the chain breaker. So if you're a a student, if you're a child, you're a little elephant or, or you're a big elephant, there's good news today. The truth is we can be free. He can break chains even today. And and if you're a little elephant and you're looking at the big elephants going, oh, they're all free. Well, sometimes what happens is when you grow up, you still get tied up in things. And and we're left sometimes as grown-ups going, why in the world did I just go back to that, which is going to just put me in bondage and tie me up again? And Jesus says, I'll set you free again. He's kind that way. That's that amazing grace. He's like, you want some more grace? I'll give you some more grace. Come to me. And he can set us free from sin. He can set us free from fear. He can set us free from pain, being angry at people, bad things that happen. I mean, all kinds of things. And he can set us free, more importantly, from the lie that says we can't be free. He can break it. So if you're chained up to that evil master this morning, you're tied up. Those songs we sang today, that, that's, that's true. It still happens today. We celebrate that. So many of us celebrate that, right? We've been free. Can you imagine a, a big elephant figuring out that he could get free and trying to go and tell other elephants you can get free. I, mean, I don't know what that sounds like. 
I heard somebody, actually Jean Brown, making the sound of an elephant. That was her first greeting to me this morning because she saw the bulletin, right? Jean, are you here? Shout out to Jean, right? Let's hear your elephant thing. No? No. No. You can do it for your peeps right around there in your hood. Ask Jean. Yeah, you already did. Oh, yeah, there you go. See, it's not just that Jesus can set us free. He wants us to be part of the party of people who are free. And one of the things, I've got, a, I've got a list. Dan, Dave, Rachel, Franklin. I'm trying to think of some others. I've got a running list in my mind of people who don't know that they can be free. They don't. Do you have a running list right now in your mind of people you know are not free? And whether they're believing the lie, they can't be free, or whether they're not even aware of it at all, do you have that list? Because I know an elephant, if an elephant could talk, you know, I've not heard about anything if I could an elephant fly. Well, what if an elephant could talk? An elephant would say, you can be free. You can be free. Break the rope for crying out loud. There's people in our lives, there's two things that come out of freedom. One is, how do we not stop telling other people? How do we not pull other people in? I don't know if that's on your radar. It goes and it comes. It ebbs and flows, right? We remember it. We forget it. Sometimes we're on and sometimes we, you know, we go months without thinking about it. But is it on your mind right now, those in your life who aren't free, that Christ would want to set free? I would invite you, what we do at our church is we invite people to come into our lives and we have meals together and we talk about the bigger questions that they're asking and we talk about Christ and we listen and we love people and they start to see what it's like to be free. And it's a process. And if you haven't thought about it, I encourage you to think about it. We call it Alpha here, but it's just the age-old thing of trying to tell people the good news. That's all that is. And it starts here in September, September 17th. You've, you've got to be thinking and praying through who doesn't know they can be free. Something else happens when we get free. This is the cool part. Jesus pulls us into this family of people who are free. And he has a lot to say about how we treat each other in this family. And in Romans, we're going through these verses uh, of chapter 12 talking about this. And at one point, this is Jesus Jesus speaking to Paul. But he, he says to us, right, to us as a family of people who've been free, here it is. Rejoice. No, no, I guess. Yeah. Contribute to the needs of others, to the saints, the needs of saints. And practice hospitality. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be arrogant, but associate with the lowly. You know, one of the things that Jesus says here is, and this is really cool, contribute to the needs of others. Kids, I don't know if you know this. We actually have a bank account. We call it our church, the kindness account. It's the kindness account. Now, it's this old-fashioned word. We use benevolence, but whoever says benevolence? It's the kindness account. 
And there's people in our church, this is so cool, who've been set free, and they're like, oh, we got to help each other out. And they will literally give money, lots of money, to help others in our church family when they have hard times. And so people will give all kinds of money, and then there's a team of people that get to give the money away. They're the deacons and the deaconess. That's all they, they just get to give the money away, sit down with people. You need help? So we'll pay bills, we'll, we'll help people pay their house payment or their heat bill or get them food or get them clothes. Do, do whatever we need to. That's, that's what the church does. The kindness account. There's actually stories of people in our church, they find out somebody needs a car, they'll actually just give them their car. Just give their car away. That's the kindness account. That's what people who have been set free by Jesus, when you're set free and you get all that grace, you're like, how do I not give this away? Given what he's given me, I've got to give something away. And you just start meeting each other's needs. And that's what the church family does. We contribute to each other's needs, right? When those times come, and there's seasons when that happens. It also says here to show hospitality. Hospitality is simply opening our hearts up to people, bringing them into our lives. It's a bit different in our culture than it is in this third world culture. Um, I don't know if you remember seeing that movie where the American soldiers in Afghanistan were under attack and a village brought them in. Their understanding of hospitality is when someone comes under my roof, they are under my protection. This is a true story. And that Afghan village would not give up our soldiers because it was hospitality that held them and their bond. And they protected them. Hospitality is that. You, you pull people in. And, and kids, this is really cool. You may actually be part of this family, but there's people in our church. They actually pull others into their home and say, hey, why don't you live for me for a while, with, with us for a while? We know it's kind of hard. Get your feet back underneath you. We'll get you going again. But, but come in here and live with us. Be a part of our family. That's, that's Christians. That's what we do as a family. We pull people in. We show them our lives. And, and part of it is you have somebody over. Now, some of us have the gift of hospitality, and some of us have the gift of visitation. The difference is visitation says, come over in about two hours, please leave. <laughs> I won't ask who all has that gift. Some of us have the gift of hospitality. And, and, and you, know what, you know them. We know who they are. You could stay all night long and they don't care. They're all about the party. Just stay forever. And the others of us are like, yeah, I got to get to bed. I got things to do. But Christ says, no, pull people in. Pull people into your life. Have a meal with them. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to have a big meal out here. And if you didn't sign up for the picnic and you're sitting here going, oh, man, I didn't sign up. I can't stay. Ah, just come anyway. You can have Pastor Sean's food. It's perfectly all right. Perfectly all right. But that's what we do when we're set free. You look around and you go, hey, hey, come on in. Right? Hospitality happens in our community groups all the time. People get together and what do they do? They have meals together. They get into each other's homes. You start to hear the story of how God set them free, and you start to share your story of how God set them free. That, that's hospitality, growing, and, and sign up for it. Get in. If you want to get connected, it won't happen here on a Sunday morning, not in a meaningful way. It will happen in our community groups. That's where deeper connection like this 
happens. Some other things he says in here. He says, rejoice with those who rejoice. Reap with those who weep. Isn't that interesting? He tells us, hey, I I want you to rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. You know what has to happen for that to happen? Somebody has to listen. Somebody has to ask a question, how are you doing? And then the deeper question, no, really, like, how are you doing? Tell me. And then it's a follow-up question. What I've, what I've seen, and I think many of you could probably agree with on, is um, it's very rare to find people who know how to listen. And when you walk in this world, people are dying to be heard. Would you just listen to me? And so some of us, it's funny how this works, but God calls us to listen and, and to hear what, what's going on in their life and just rejoice with them. Or what's going on in their life and is something sorrowful, you weep with them, you empathize with them, you walk with them, and you do both. And, and sometimes in, in this picnic today, you may be out there and one person is in a, a season and a time where it's really sad. And, and you'll have that conversation, be with them, and then 10 minutes later, you'll be with somebody who's having a party. And that's just what it means to live with God's family. Some of us have about 50,000 words to speak in a day. And you wake up tomorrow and you're going to have another 50,000 words to speak. Some of us, you barely got 50. I mean, it's good morning, good afternoon, good night, and that's about all you say all day long. And you're good, right? You don't talk much. You don't have many words. You can't fathom how people could have 50,000 words in one day. And some of you who have 50,000 words cannot understand how somebody does not have more words. Like it just doesn't. So here's, here's the thing I want to encourage you to do. Those of you who have 50,000 words, stop. Just. Yeah, I'll talk to you don't just in a second. You hold on. Stop and ask a question. Stop and, and just figure out, pay attention to this. Are you going to let someone else have equal time in your conversation? And will you ask them more questions? Sure, there's give and take, but think about this. Are you asking somebody, what are you celebrating or what's going on in your life? And they say, pain, tell me more about that. Don't pull it back to yourself. Just let them talk pull it out of them. For those of you who only have 50 words, you're probably, some of you like to ask questions, some of you don't even like to ask questions. Don't hide behind that. Pursue somebody's heart. Get good at asking questions. How are you doing? People love to talk, so you can let them talk. On the flip side, if somebody comes and asks you questions, you're going to have to muster up more than 50 words. Push yourself. Don't hide. Don't, don't hide behind 50 words. Let people into your heart. That's what the body of Christ is, right? We, we pursue each other. Larry Crabb, this is, or I'm close to the end here. Larry Crabb, kind of like the guru, godfather of, of Christian counseling here since the 60s and 70s, actually started the master's level program out in Colorado uh, with Colorado Christian. Did it for 20, 30 years, I think, 40. My wife's not here. I can't confirm that. She's homesick. Um, 
30 or 40 years, and he eventually shut down the school. And he came to this conclusion. I don't need to train more counselors. If I could just train the church to listen, we would hardly need counselors. He shut his school down. He shut down his, his occupation. He put his money where his mouth was. They literally shut the school down and said, no, if I could just train people who've been set free by Christ to just listen, we wouldn't need the counselors that we do. Ask somebody a question. Rejoice with them. Empathize with them. Finally, he says this. He says, look, hang out with each other. Don't, don't let this arrogance like you're better be a part of your fellowship. And that's what happens. When you start to hear somebody's story, all of a sudden you hear their story and you realize, oh, they're just as messed up as I am. Or, oh, I needed as much freedom as they needed. And all of a sudden the power struggles and the hierarchy and who's bigger and who's better, it just, it just evaporates because all of a sudden we realize, wow, I needed Jesus, and they needed Jesus too. And that's what's so cool. It's so safe to be in the family of God when people are living in that freedom and aware of our Savior. It's just, there's no higher position. There's no greater position to have. We are in the best position, set free from Christ and having a party. So I want to encourage you as we go out there, pursue each other, love each other, have a great time. Our, our God is all over parties. He's all over food and feasts. And if, if you have whatever season you're going to, share it. Let people in. And let's have a, a great time, a, a riotous good time. Hit the music. I'm out of here. I don't know. They'll turn it on for you now. Look at all these city slickers. <laughs> and I'm Tex Houston. And uh, I think the mic is outsmarting Joe. Hey, what's this? What, what's this get up you got going on here? Where's the rest of your jeans? It's 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 hot. It's hot. What what about them there uh, Nike sandals? Admit it. Admit it. There ain't no self-respecting cowboy going to be in Nike sandals either. But that's all right. That's all right. It, it is picnic attire because it's picnic day. That means what we're going to do right now is we're going to have ourselves a rootin' tootin' fun time. 
outside in the blazing sun. <laughs> Woo! I'm already sweating and I'm not even out there. All right, here's what we are going to do. We have the best, most fantastic picnic outside, but first we have some activities. So here's how this is going to work. All right, if you signed up for the picnic or you did not, now did you hear that? If you did not, you are still more than welcome to join us outside. But if you signed up for the picnic, you would have been given colors. I need to know where my blues are. Where are my blue team? Where's my yellow team? Where's my red team? And green. If you do not have a color, if you do not know what your color is, if you failed to understand reading an email, just find a friend at another team and we'll let you in there. So when you go out, what's going to happen is we are going to go out this door right here. Okay? If you have children checked in, if you have folks in the nursery or in the toddler room, you're going to go down this hallway and just go to the doors in that hallway to get your children. If you have three through four year olds, actually I got to add something on. If you have kids in the nursery and the toddlers who have siblings who are in four-year-olds four or three-year-olds, they will be in there too. If you only have three and four-year-olds, you're going to go out the back door and there's going to be a children's worker who's going to direct you back down the hallway to get your children. Here's what I need you to do. I know I lost, it's going in now. At first, I don't know. It, it goes in. This is what I sound like normal. I know. It's when you practice the accent. It's a mix between Matthew McConaughey and Ronald Reagan. It just doesn't work. So here's what we need. We need for y'all to follow us if you are going to the church picnic. You're not going to go get your food yet. You're not going to go get your chairs and stuff if you haven't put that up yet. You're just going to follow us out. You will have time to do all of that. But we're going to head out to some really cool activities. We got ourselves a rodeo planned out back that all of you are going to participate in. So when you go out this back door and after you've checked in your kids, go find your colored flag, stand around that great young adult college age, and they're going to direct you to the next thing. So why don't you just join us? We're going to head right out this door. Here we go.